Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Chemist Warehouse, home to go healthy vitamins at the best prices. Now starting from just $9.99. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Lovely ball again to Forster. Out to Ellis. Ellis is a Maisie runner. Dewey Gamala goes. Dewey Gamala over the 22. Dewey Gamala all the way. A magnificent score. He got the ball down, the referee says. It may have leapt away. But what a superb score for this big lad. Inga Tuigamala. Gone and left us at age 52. The call from the late Bill McLaren. It was a Barbarians match in 1993. A... Another great Totra has fallen. Stephen McIver and Ricardo Ball filling in for Baz Nizzi today. And Ricardo, I was about three o'clock this morning when I woke up and I, I was just, you know, do what you do. You scan stuff and saw this and I, I, I stopped in my tracks. Uh, what was your first reaction when you heard about this? Yeah, my first reaction was, uh, wow. Um, I'm, I remember seeing him in the news only recently. You know, I believe he had a he had a family member pass away. I think maybe his sister, sister his sister, Ella, yeah, yeah, sister, yeah. And um, you know, I, it's not the sort of thing that when you see that that you think, oh, and you know, how is he looking? You just like you just feel for the man and and and, and the family. So uh, yeah, to have one after the other so quickly for the uh, Tuigamala family is uh, you know is, is really really tragic, and uh, you just feel sorry for them at this time. Yeah, like it sounds like a bit of a somber way to start the day, but we have to we we show our incredible respect. I got a message from his son Jordan uh, at around I can tell you at four forty eight this morning, uh, and he said it sounds like so. This is a I'm quoting directly from the DM and I don't think there'll be any issue with me saying this with the family. Uh, it sounds like uh, he had a ruptured aorta they think but the most important part of all of this, the hospital confirmed that he, uh, he died peacefully and in no pain and you just uh, you know it's, it's really hard to talk about. The last time I spoke to Ingatu Gamala uh, we were just chatting away somewhere, I can't even remember my most vivid memory is actually when Joseph Parker, if you remember fought in Samoa and Inga was actually part of that whole deal. He was helping uh, organise the event. He, he was a huge name in Samoa. And uh, my, my, I suppose like you, my greatest memory is of a, of a humble giant, a gentle man, where the smile would never fade. As soon as you saw him, whether he knew you or not, knew, he knew you were coming towards him, he would smile. Yeah, yeah, he would. He would. I, I've met him on several occasions, um, mo- mostly because of uh, my age. Uh, post post his career, if you like. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I didn't know him when he was playing, but I knew knew him to, you know, afterwards and met him a few times. Ironically, um, you know, uh, at a funeral service once, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, where he was working. So, um, but you're right. I mean, every time you talk to him, he had he had time for everybody. Um, and like you say, he was he was a warm man. And always had a smile, and always leaned in to listen. That was something I always remember. You know, every time you talk to him, he would tilt his head forward. He would lean in, he would listen, he'd make eye contact, he'd smile, and he'd nod, and then and he'd engage. You know, he was a he was a great listener, a humble man, and um, you know somebody who, like I said, just always seemed to have.
have time for everyone. Uh, when he went, uh, there was a lovely quote uh, from Chris Radlinski, who was a pretty handy rugby league player when Inga played for Wigan. And he, uh, the Wigan, I think, were the first people to release the statement. No one knew about it here until they woke up, basically. And that's where I started seeing things. Uh, Chris Radlinski, I quote, says, Every now and then a player comes along who touches the heart and soul of every single fan, player, coach, and administrator. Inger was one of them. He was one of the most exciting rugby players to play either code. I think that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? I think so. You know, he, he was, in a way, you know, he was a pathfinder. He he made uh, that position, the wing of having, you know, up until that point, they'd all be, always always been reasonably skinny guys, play, you know, playing on the <laughs> wing, the, the skinny, fast guy on the wing. But, but he, he was a new model. He was a new model. Yeah. He was, you know, let's have a guy who not only is fast, but has got physicality about him. Uh, you know, you only have to look at the All Blacks and um, what they did. What happened in 93 when Inga went to league? What did they do? They unveiled this kid called Lomu to take his place because they were like, okay, this is the future. This is how wings are going to be. So in a way, he started that whole movement and, and changed rugby to a degree. Yeah, that's that's really well spoken, uh, Ricardo, because it's exactly what happened. And uh, the fact that he was a barnstorming bus, he was the first bus, you know, we, <laughs> he was the first yeah. bus that came along. But he was a bus, you probably, when you knew the man, you wouldn't mind getting rolled over because you, ne- you, ne- you were never going to tackle him, were you? <laughs> no, exactly. Well, exactly. I mean, it was, uh, and, and, and the, uh, I guess if you look, you, you look at the contrast between him and the, and the man whose, whose jersey he took, if you like, um, in that All Black team, which was Terry Wright. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you put those two side to side, are there two more different wingers in the world? It's a bit like a pretzel versus a hot dog, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is Ricardo and Stephen uh, sitting in for Baz Nizzi. Ricardo, by the way, and, and look, we would love your thoughts on the Kennards higher phone line, 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Uh, if you've got some special memories of Inga the Winger, feel free to call us or you can text us on 8833. Uh, but <laughs> I was, I've just forgotten what I was, was going to say. I completely forgot it. Anyway, uh, there's a lot more to come today. We're going to try and catch up with some of his former teammates and just uh, reflect, but we'd like you to uh, reflect with us as well. Uh, just quickly, we're going to talk uh, some football just before uh, 6.30, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, Jenny Binden, who's a former football fern, of course. She, I think she played two Olympics, two World Cups for the football ferns as a goalkeeper. She's currently in the States. Uh, her son Tyler's actually doing very well. He's mm-hmm. part of the LA Galaxy under-18 setup, and uh, she's been coaching at uh, UCLA and uh, Loyola as well. And she's going to join us to talk uh, football ferns and where she thinks they're at ahead of that World Cup. And you're in charge of Quizzy Dag today, right? Apparently, yeah. And what I've decided. <laughs> hey, uh, don't give me the apparently. You've been you've been checking the questions with us all morning. <laughs> oh, Bob, that's what I was going to remember. You texted me last night saying speedball because I do sky speed. We should call the show speedball uh, yeah. because you're the ball. I'm saying. Well, I got a better one for you. You know mm. my nickname at works, Big Show, right? How about we just call oh. it Big Balls? <laughs> I think ACDC have a song that could become our theme. Oh, all righty. Stick around. This is Big Balls between now and 9 o'clock on SNZ Radio. Jenny Binder's up next at 6.11. 6.16. 
McIver and Ball in for Baz and Izzy. We like to call it Big Balls. How long will we be able to say that before Ruben the boss rings up and tells us, can you stop saying that? We don't know. It's brought to you with the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. The She Believe Cup has been less than memorable for the football fern. So to get a read on this one after their nil or draw against the Czech Republic, 77 caps and goal for the football ferns. Jenny Binden out of the United States. Uh, hello, Jenny. How are you? Good morning, fellas. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Uh, what do you make of this campaign? Uh, I think it's something that it was good to get the, the team together and play when you're able to play against top competition, such as the U.S. I think it's, it's amazing. It would have been really good if we could have gotten uh, probably a draw in that first game and a result against the Czech Republic was probably what I thought was going to happen. Um, and then the U.S., I mean, they're, they're, it's the U.S. number one in the world and, um, you know, really unfortunate. Um, how we conceded so many goals in the first half, but um, hopefully this gave opportunities. I think the shining light out of that was was Claudia Bunge getting to see her uh, play, and and she did she did well. Um, for us, I think we Victoria Essen getting to play. I mean, she has been phenomenal for for the ferns in the last two matches that she started. I mean, what a I would love to have two clean sheets. So. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. So she's done really well. And then it's good to see Abby back. I mean, I don't, Abby probably doesn't get as much, Ersteg doesn't get as much uh, attention as she deserves, but she's a quality player that does her job really well and not having her against the U.S. really, really hurt us. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's some shining light that, that Yitka will, will take from this. But to be competitive of having the World Cup in your own country, we need to really start to turn things around really quickly. Jenny Ricardo here. Um, I, I thought under Yitka Klimkova, the way the football ferns had been tracking, particularly those games against the Koreans, uh, they looked really good. Uh, you know, the, the passing was more direct, was a bit more forward. Uh, they, they they were going sideways less. Uh, they had more attacking impetus, and uh, they really started to have some belief. Um, so watching those South Korea games, I thought, OK, we're on the right track here. We've definitely changed style a bit. Uh, but obviously this uh, campaign hasn't been so great at the She Believes Cup. Uh, do you think that you could still got them on the right track? Well, I think, Ricardo, every time you, if you concede early in a game, it really puts you on the back foot. So I think that was one of the things that she really wanted to address in this, this final game against the Czech Republic was to make sure that, that they, you know, don't concede early and, and really defend well. I mean, that's what Kiwis, Kiwis defend, right? I mean, if you look back at history, like you go into halftime and it's really close and then you get to the 80th minute and then the other team scores and then they lose. So uh, I think it's been that way for, for a while. And what, what Yitka really got back to is don't forget that we, we can defend and then we now have to get better in the final third. The final third is, has always been really difficult for the football ferns and it's still very difficult for the football ferns. I mean, we're creating most of our chances from an outside back. Yeah, Jenny, Jenny you, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, no shots on goal in, against the Czech Republic. There's, there it seems to be a total lack of attacking creativity. How hard is that to get get going, particularly with the World Cup around the corner? Well, I think that, you know, everything, when you, you take over a team, you, you tend to focus on, on more the defensive side of it and then build up from the back. And I think Yitka has really, you know, said, look, we need to be on the front foot. We need to be more attacking-minded. And I think we need, you know, we we kind of have been giving the same people the same opportunities, and I'm, I don't, 
you know, I'm going to say it, but like you, we got more activity out of, uh, you know, the likes of, of a Rennie, um, she and Paige, uh, I would like to see live chance play a little bit more, but we don't know what's happening in the, in the, in the sheds because are they injured or that? We don't know that, but I, you know, Malia Steinmetz played well for me. Like I look, watched her play. I mean, her past completion wasn't probably where it needs to be, but she's also playing. This is, you know, to start and be in the, she believes and coming out after, after the five nil, uh, hiding from the U S she, she did really well for me. I really liked her and, and centrally, and I don't think she made too many mistakes. Um, yeah, I mean, for us, we have to we have to get better in the final third, and I don't know if that's changing shape or, or what it is, but, you know, we don't really have a target forward that we can get us out of trouble. Balls that are played forward are getting intercepted, and then they're coming right back at us in a transitional moment, which makes it very difficult. You know, we need to keep possession. We need to build through the thirds, and we need to be – prolifically getting shots on target. You know, I, I love that we're getting five shots off, but I, you can't score unless it's a, a on frame, right? So we've got to get start start increasing our chances with, with shots on target and hopefully keepers make mistakes and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we can start to turn those into goals. A few few things to unpack there, Jenny. Uh, one of those is that Rosie White wasn't on the on this tour. Um, I mean, is she uh, an answer? Because she she is that creative player that likes to play ten. Uh, but also, you mentioned there about not having that target forward. Do you not think that Hannah Wilkinson can play that role, or is she just not quite there at the moment? Well, I think Hannah has always been, you know, successful for us. And if you watch and see where she scores her transitional goals from, it's it's when she's, you know, um, threatening and, and breaking up play early on. But as a target forward, I, I, I haven't seen it in the, in these last few games of her being an outlet for us. And when, when you're pinned in your, in your defensive third, we, you know, we have to make sure that we have a release out. And, I mean, you can go back and watch the games. I think she has the, the characteristics of being a target forward. Um, just, you know, for the World Cup and her playing and, and getting, you know, hopefully she can get matches in where she's able and maybe her club team, she's not a target forward and then she has to come back for the Ferns and be a target forward. I haven't seen Hannah play uh, for her club team, so it'd be interesting to watch those games. But, yeah, I, I just uh, it's not happening. And somehow we need to be more more score goals in the final third. I mean, we were there. We created. We just, you know, our chances, CJ Bolt, you know, do we change her and put her forward? I <laughs> think she's creating. Um, you know, she had two shots uh, last night, and if you go back, I think she had a shot against the uh, U.S. So, um, and I know she took took her opportunities against, um, you know, in the first game. So, I think for us, we have to find it. Wherever they are, I know that Yitka will be looking for them, and if not, she's going to be working really hard to make sure that the Gabby Rennies, the Paige Satchels, um, the Hannah Wilkinsons, the Olivia Chances really become prolific uh, in, in scoring for us because getting Rosie will be good if we can get her back. Um, but, but, yeah, there's a, a few players. This is probably our team, uh, and these girls need to get the job done. Do you think a change in formation would help? I mean, you mentioned that the, uh, you know, the fullbacks particularly have been doing a lot of the creativity for the uh, football ferns, and we see that you know in modern football a lot. With you look at Liverpool with, um, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, on at right back, Andrew Robertson at left back, or Chelsea similarly with James and, and Chilwell. 
where the the fullbacks, because of the overlapping runs and becoming a, a lot more attacking type players in the, in those roles, are uh, uh, tend to be the free players, and they tend to be the ones getting the crosses, and have almost become like wide playmakers, if you like. Uh, you know, so does going to a back three and playing wing backs does that help the football ferns? Do you think? Well, I mean, they, if you if you watch them in their build, you had CJ uh, rotating higher, and then Steinmetz was dropping in, and then uh, Claudia was, you know, she was stu- Steinmetz was dropping out into that fullback position and getting getting CJ higher because uh, she is creating more opportunities. She's comfortable at running at people, so I think that's you know her her ability to do that is something that Yitka is recognizing to get us into the final third. It's just the, the opportunities to create in there, so. Look, I think the Ferns look really comfortable uh, in the defensive, in possession. Uh, it's it's create. We're getting we we're fine in the midfield. We're we're getting rotation. People are getting on the ball. They're facing forward. It's the final third, and it's it's the catalyst of all the teams that need to create wins. Is the final third is it hurts most teams. So, I, I think you look back and if you take the three goals out, uh, you know that you know Michaela Moore those three out. We're looking at wow, defensively the the ferns were good. They weren't great. They were good, um, but you know that that's where we we have to make sure that we're scoring. We can't win games if we don't score goals. Yeah, just just quickly going back onto because I asked a question the other day of someone about this uh, genius Stephen here, uh, and and about you know if we we understand the whole Michaela Moore thing, it's, it's it's just one of those things. Life life's one of life's little moments, right? Uh, but surely surely players understand defensive formation and they shouldn't be allowing themselves to get in that position or is that just because the USA was just so strong and they just there was a bit of shock and awe and there was maybe some panic setting in well I think you have to look at, at the at what the situation so she concedes early early on in the game I think within the first five minutes and that's in her head right and then it just happens again and where do you go from here and then it happens again we have to look at further up the pitch why are we why are what's happening on the in the right channel uh in our left channel the opposition's uh right channel that they're able to get in to put those crosses in or you know why are they able to get crosses off you deny the cross then we're not putting michaela in that situation so and yet already alluded to that when she she was talking like we have to look at it's not just Michaela, um, but it's, it's, it's the entire team and how are they getting these opportunities. And the U.S. is very, very good. And I think if you match up and you try to play against the U.S., very difficult. 4-3-3 versus a 4-3-3, uh, I think, you know, maybe what, what you know, uh, the Czech Republic did against the U.S. early on where they just sat in their mid, their mid to low block and didn't allow them opportunities. It's hard to break teams down. And and at times, I think the Ferns are going to have to, as much as they want to be getting forward and expansive and playing a brand of football, they may have to look at changing their formation depending on the opposition. But against these two teams, against Iceland, against Czech Republic, we have to get results. Yep, that's what we're. That's what we're. That's what we're going to do. It's not really all right. It's not really the, the you. You want to. You want to be credible. You want to. You know, maybe you know, get a draw or sneak a win against the U.S. But against these other ranked teams that are so close to us in the twenties and and, and latter uh, teams, we need to make sure that we're getting wins because we need to progress and get get into that top twenty. And I think that's got to be the goal for Yetka, which I'm sure it is. And 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 you know, for us to be successful. In our home nation for this World Cup, which is going to be massive, and I, you know, I know New Zealand's going to be ready for it with two other World Cups prior to this one. But this is going to be huge, and we we need to make sure. And I know Yitka is putting putting this team together. I think she's a, a great hire, and and what the girls need, and yeah. So hopefully these younger girls 
look at it and go, this is our chance, let's let's take it, because I don't think any position is secured. Nice insight at all on the football ferns, Jenny. Just quickly, this is a hard news question. You're in the States at the moment, and uh, <laughs> what what is the mood after our friend <laughs> Vladimir has gone into the Ukraine? What's the general mood after the, after the first night? Oh, well, we've, uh, you know, we were looking at it last night and then, we, you know, seeing it this morning, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's scary stuff. So we it's on every news channel, and everyone's looking at it. And you know, we'll we'll just keep our eyes to it and and uh, pray that this this ends pretty quickly. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's scary for for us. Yeah, so we're looking it's... at flights to come back to New Zealand. No. Yeah, all right. Well, you're more than welcome back. Thanks, Jenny, for your time. Jenny Binden, 70, right, 77 caps for the football ferns. Uh, does doesn't mince words, Ricardo? Uh, Cause it like it is, but it's, it's, it takes a very positive slant on the football ferns going forward. Mm, yeah, she does. I mean, I, I'd been talking to Jenny. Uh, we used to do a football show together um, a few years back, and uh, I was talking to her about uh, where Erin Naylor is in, in, in the grand scheme of things, the goalkeeper, because, you know, she's really been the number one since Jenny retired, Erin, and uh, she's been without a club of late. She's just signed with a Swedish top-flight club in the last few months. But, you know, if you go back and you look at that that first game we had in the two against South Korea, she was poor in that game. Uh, she conceded the she was at fault for the goal conceded against Iceland in the first minute of that game, which we went on to lose. Didn't cover herself in glory in the second game against the US either. I know Michaela Moore took all the headlines, but Erin wasn't great in that game either. And we saw Vic Essen come in yesterday and get another clean sheet. And I really think that uh, that number one spot, if it isn't uh, Vic's, it's definitely up for grabs. And I think there's another player who we saw in the second game against the Koreans, an elite who's playing her football at West Ham at the moment. I think uh, New Zealand got three very good goalkeepers. I think Erin will get better now when she's playing regular football, but I think uh, the future looks good and goal for the football ferns ahead of the World Cup. All righty. Uh, it's coming up towards 6.30. Just a reminder, we're remembering Inga Tuigamala, who passed away in the last 24 hours at age 52. If you've got some thoughts, feel free to call on the Kennards Hire phone line 0800 811 or text us on double eight double three. Here's Emma now with news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yeah, thank you very much, Emma. Love racing.nz update time, and uh, looks like yet another uh, Kiwi horse is uh, going over the ditch to take their money off them and bring it home. Uh, Levante, it's been uh, confirmed uh, on Love Racing.nz's website. Uh, our preeminent sprinter this season here in New Zealand has uh, been confirmed to be racing in the Group 1 Newmarket Handicap over 1,200 metres at Flemington on March the 12th. Now, um, Ken and Bev Kelso uh, and the uh, ownership group are undertaking the, uh, the the mission to get there and back, um, uh, given that uh, just the the way that uh, she's been racing at the moment. Of course, a daughter of Prasir, so uh, has very good um, uh, breeding in her. Um, also, early nominations for Newmarket, which is that uh, Australian one and a half million dollar race, include the Chris Waller Train Stars Nature Strip and Home Affairs, also uh, Rising Star Marabi, Defending Champion Zotori, Mask Crusader, Wild Ruler, and uh, the New Zealand bred Lost and Running as well. So, I mean, it, it's a big 
it's going to be a big uh, risk. But, uh, I mean, the handicapper is suggesting that they'll get around 53.5 kilos, so it might be running a bit lighter than the rest. Uh, certainly one to keep an eye on, and uh, we'll continue to uh, to look at that. Now, Stephen, I know... Why are you uh, looking at me as if I know what I'm, you t- I'm talking about? Well, what I was going to say is I know when, when you hear the words love racing, you think of your mate Murph, and, you, and you're thinking about V8s. Uh, <laughs> but that is love racing. You're home for everything thoroughbred racing. Go to loveracing.nz. Uh, uh, but, the, I mean, the thoroughbred, thoroughbred that you love, Stephen, I know. He's a thoroughbred, mate. Don't you worry about that. He's a thoroughbred. You should see, you should see the car he's bringing out. It's a, it's a yellow. A challenger that he spent about four years on. I think oh, it's. Nice. I, I think it's on the docks in LA or somewhere in a container. It wasn't on that ship that was burning though. That was a That's lot of Bentleys news. and Lamborghinis. Really interesting. I know this is a really sidebar to this one, but I was just reading an article yesterday because we had race control with Repco last night, and the fact that that. Uh, They've stopped making the Aventador, which is their hot rocket, right? It's close to a million dollars. It's just their monstrous car. They think they might have put it back in production because of all the cars they lost on the containers. <laughs> well, I was going to say, was the, that container fire started by Murph getting over-eager and doing a burnout? I don't, no, no, because uh, he he is, hasn't been overseas for a long time. It's a, it's a bone of contention. But he does think that maybe, just maybe this year, Bathurst will be on. If you remember, uh, he and uh, Richie Stanaway were going to go to do Bathurst for Erebus Racing. Uh, he thinks maybe if the stars align and they can get back into the country, which we know is going to happen, right, because uh, mm-hmm. it's about October, November this year, uh, then he will be back in the car. And he's still keeping fit, he tells me. A little wee wiry white boy out there in the Hawks Bay is still keeping fit and uh, strengthening that neck. So uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see see what goes on. Hey, you know we were talking footy a minute ago. Uh, mm. You're not an Arsenal fan, are you? No. Oh, actually, why? Why did I even ask that? When I just looked at the the camera monitor, and there's this man new like shrine behind it. They they just play wolves at eight forty five this morning. I was wondering whether you had thoughts on that, or you really just couldn't give a toss. Uh, well, no, I've always got thoughts when it comes to football, Stephen. Uh, you know that. Not the ass, though, right? <laughs> well, uh, the thing is that uh, you know Wolves are on a great on a gr- on a great run at the moment. They they they're going really well, and they're pushing their way up the table and. I know if you say Arsenal Wolves, you don't tend to think this, but right at the moment, the way things sit in the Premier League, Arsenal Wolves, these guys are both competing um, for Europe. Uh, Wolves? They're, they're, yeah, Wolves are up there. Wolves are on a streak at the moment. So I think this is going to be a, a tight game. I've actually, I'm in a tipping comp with a bunch of mates, and I've got this down for a two-all. Um, I think uh, Wolves can uh, continue to give lots of teams problems. These two actually played not long ago, um, but because of the, and that was at, at Wolverhampton and Molyneux, but because of obviously the COVID situation and things getting uh, delayed, they've, they're playing each other again only like maybe a month uh, a month later. Uh, and that game was a one nil win to Arsenal. It was a very very tight game, and and Wolves probably were unlucky not to get something out of that game. So I, I think this is going to be uh, it's going to be a tight game, and I, I think Wolves will get something out of it. To be honest. Oh, okay. Hey, there's this, this huge interest. It's not an old. It's not a new story, but I'm just intrigued to know: Does Newcastle survive with our boy? Um, oh wow! You didn't. Oh, you. This, you go with the big sigh, like. Huh. Well, what happened yesterday, Stephen? Burnley beat Spurs. Ah, oh, yes. I heard someone. I heard an English expert. I think I were talking to Mark Watson about that actually on uh, filling in for you on the show. And he had one of his mates from the Olympics, who's uh, an Englishman, and he and he picked Burnley to beat Spurs. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, I said to Smithy yesterday when I was on with him, <laughs> it is so on brand for Spurs. There's a, such a thing in, in, in English football speak called being Spursy, and it's <laughs> and it's when you look like you should win, but you somehow manage to trip yourself up. I mean, Spurs came off the back of a three-two win over Manchester City in Manchester, and I said to Smithy, it'd be the most on brand thing uh, for Spurs to go and drop points at Burnley, and that's exactly what oh, they did. Oh wow! So, and Spurs um, for sale too, eh? Hey, hey, yeah. hey, 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 yeah, hey. yeah, I know. I see there was a $3 billion bid turned down, the US um, oh, turned down. But is, is Levy the full quid? No, no. I think Levy's a man out of his time. You know how Jose Mourinho was once the shining star yeah, of football management yeah. and then has just gone job, job, job because his ideas aren't working anymore and he hasn't been able to adapt. I think Levy's the same, but in terms of, you know, somebody as a GM, if you like, rather than somebody as a football manager. Who's the hottest coach in the Premier League right now? Oh, well, well, okay. I mean, Pep- or who's the smartest coach? We know Pep yeah, I mean, Guardiola's a brilliant. I watched their Netflix series, uh, you know, where they go behind that sort of stuff, or it was Amazon, whatever. It was cool. Uh, I, th- I don't think you can go too far past Graham Potter, um, mm. who's at Brighton. Uh, he's oh, an, wow. He's an Englishman who's, who's kind of done things a, a bit differently. He couldn't get a job in England, so he went to Scandinavia and took a team, I think, I'm trying to remember if it's Sweden <laughs> or Norway, I always get them mixed up, but one of those took a small team up to the top division and won the national title there and then came back and, and was working at Swansea for a while and now he's at Brighton and he is the bright young thing that's getting uh, linked to jobs. He's been linked to Everton, he's been linked to Spurs, he's been linked to a bunch. So well, you, you, You've uh, probably been linked to people like that too, right? Oh, all the time. All my, fo- my football manager career online is amazing. 6.39 here on SENZ <laughs> with McIver and Ball. It's the big balls in for Baz and Izzy. Uh, okay. He's in control. He being Ricardo's in control of Quizzy Dag. He is going to be the Iz master. You can win a $50 bonus bet with a TAB. Get on the phone now. 0800 150811. 0800 150811. Can you beat the Rick Dog? Find out next. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or this might be an absolute disaster. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150. 811. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That is uh, not as his best work, let's be honest. Uh, Stephen, in fact, I, I think at the end of the show, uh, we'll get you to hang around and we'll get you to do it because Baba, I think you, know, you, know, I just you, you might be able to record is. a better version. Da, da, da. Exactly, exactly. It is time for Quizzy Dag, though. And uh, Stephen, we made an executive decision this morning as yeah. part of our way to pay tribute to the great man. Yeah, uh, we lose. We lost Inga Tuigamala overnight, age fifty-two, and it has been. Uh, it is shock news. Shock news at fifty-two. And I know. And funny thing, we talked about this briefly. Uh, in the last three or four months, he's been getting back on the fitness bandwagon, and I think uh, the butterbean, Dave Latelli, has been helping out, and I think Ronnie Clark and his mates been getting together, all of them, just to you know improve their lifestyle. And for this to happen has uh, just rocked us all to the core. So I'll leave this one in your hands, buddy boy. Yeah, all right. Well, let, let's go to our first uh, caller. It's Tim in Christchurch. How you doing, Tim? Good, thanks, mate. That's a story, mate. Uh, Inga the Winger, when I say that name, what's the first first sort of image or, or moment that comes to mind for you? Oh, I was probably a wee bit young when he was at his peak, but uh, I do remember him barrelling over every single person in front of him. <laughs> yeah, he was good at that, mate. He, I think he invented he, the Samoan sidestep, didn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, drop the shoulder and go. Um, I think that was the go, mate. That was the go. All right, let's get into our, our Quizzy Dad quiz. Here's question one for you. How many tests did Inga play for Manu Samoa? Four, um, five, four, three, two, uh, twenty-three. One. Twenty-three is right, oh, mate. Obviously, uh, you got your, your Wi-Fi connection's good. Uh, here's question two for you, Tim. In one hundred and three games for Wigan, how many tries did Inga score? Um, four, did I phone a friend on that one? Three. No, <laughs> no phoning friends. No, no. <laughs> You want to have a stab, mate? Um, 44. No, not 44. Sorry, Tim. Have a good weekend, bud. All right, we go from Tim in Christchurch to Richie in Upper Hutt. G'day, Richie. G'day. All right, mate, do you know the answer to this one? 103 oh, games no, for the Wigan no. Warriors. How many tries did Inga score? Taking a pluck will go 88. Ooh, 88, not bad. The answer, of, this is the only clue that anyone's going to get. The answer is somewhere in the middle of those two. Oh, would you right? stop it? Stop it. Stop being so nice to people. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, I've got a feeling we could be here for a while otherwise. That's okay. All right, all right fair play. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, Just yeah. filling in. Sorry, getting a bit excited. No, that's all good. It's all good. Craig in Auckland, 103 games for Wigan. How many tries for Inga? Uh, 25. Mm, he wasn't listening, was he, Craig? No. Sorry, buddy. All right, let's head to our old mate uh, Luke in Dunedin. Uh, g'day, Luke. How you doing? I'm good, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, that's the story. Uh, have you got uh, Izzy's flight time, mate? Are you picking him up from the airport? What's going on? <laughs> I'm going to stay well away from Izzy. Why? Yeah, no, why, pro- just, why is that? Why do people want to stay away from Izzy? Oh, he could get you in trouble. Ah, <laughs> roger that. Roger that. <laughs> All right, Luke, here's a question for you. 103 games for Wigan. How many tries did Inga score? 52. 62. Well done. That one took us a while to get through. Uh, let's go to question three then. When Inga returned to Union, he played for two English clubs, Wasps and which other one? Newcastle. Nicely done. Nicely done. Joe a bit slow on the bell there. Old Joe Slowbell. Uh, question four. He moved to the Falcons for a world record transfer fee. What was that cost? Oh... It's a round number. Oh, jeepers. I'm gonna, we're going to have words about this, eh? <laughs> you just, you just want to be the nice guy, eh? You want to be the nice guy. Well, well you know, one of us needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, buddy, answer the yeah, question. I will go a million dollars. Well, no, hang on, hang on, hang oh. on. Hang on, back in the truck up. Joe bumped too early. You, so said, too early, too you early. said dollars, pal. I'm not going to accept that. You're not going to accept it? Well, All what right. is it? Oh, you've got to accept that. Well, <laughs> I don't, because it wasn't. It, was it, it wasn't a million dollars. No, it wasn't a million dollars. We'll go to Simon. Sorry, Luke. Have a good weekend, bud. Simon in Auckland. We've got the, the hard task, Master. We're playing uh, good, good, good cop, worst cop at the moment, I think. Oh, you're going to uh, hate me. At the moment, Simon, uh, the, he moved to the Falcons, Inga, for a world record transfer fee. What was it? For a million pounds. Ding, ding. Ding, ding, indeed. Well done, mate. And uh, Simon, your last question to win uh, to win our special edition uh, Inga the Winger quiz here on Quizzy Dag. Which high school did Inga attend? Didn't he go to Kelston Boys? Boom. Well done, Simon. A $50 TAB uh, uh, bet is all yours, mate. Have you got any idea what you might put it on this weekend? 
Um, I'll probably have a look at something at the uh, harness tonight. Maybe it's the trots, maybe. Mate, let's see if you can take that $50 bonus bet and turn it into a, uh, a full beer for a Jay. Good luck with it and have a great weekend. Cheers, mate. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, no I, worries. I like this good cop, bad cop thing, eh? Because you just so you are just so nice. A million dollars <laughs> versus a million pounds. Come on, what's the difference between that? Bucket uh, loads. Bucket loads, especially at the moment. I mean, a million dollars New Zealand at the moment is what about two point one well, million? Well, who knows uh, what's happened sorry. with the stock, the markets, and the exchange rate? Yeah. Everything, things are going over. And you know what's going on with Putin and Ukraine? I think the stock markets have dropped like a, a a bomb, and you know the apparently the ruble is worth nothing now. So yeah. uh, who the hell knows what's going on? Uh, yeah, so we've been ce- we're celebrating the uh, the life in our little own way of the great Inga Tuigamala passed away uh, overnight at uh, 52 years of age. Uh, his family contacted us and they did say that he passed away peacefully in hospital. And uh, that's if if you're going to go, I mean, Ricardo, that's the way you, you want to go, right? So it's uh, but yeah. it's uh, incredibly strong. We are attempting to uh, catch up with a couple of his uh, former teammates. Uh, one would suggest that they will be waking up right now and looking at the text going you're kidding me and maybe probably a little bit of shock mate yeah i would imagine so i mean you know it's um it was only what 52 52 mate 52 yeah, 52 i mean that's that's no age is it no and, it's uh, nothing it's the new it's 42 nothing. yeah uh well i mean the, the and the guy had such a such an impact and not oh. just you know from a from a rugby and rugby league point of view as fans you know we just enjoyed seeing him in action and, and you know dropping that shoulder into defenders and <laughs> running over the top of them oh um, yeah you know I, I, but the stuff that he did off the field as well I think is even more important he was like a Pied Piper you know when you see him around when you saw him around his community and you saw people he was just like a Pied Piper and as you had said to me every time he he would talk to you he'd lean in and he and he would smile if you have memories of Ingatui Gamala that you would like to share feel free to call us on the Kennard's Hire phone line oh, 0800 150811 that's 0800150811 or even text us on double eight double three. but we do like to chat we do yes we do so feel free to call us here on the Big Balls show uh, yeah I've got, I've got to stop saying that eh? I'm, I'm just waiting for the text from Ruben now what are you, what's this Big Balls well my name's Big Show and he's Ricardo Balls so Big Balls it's just it's, it's, it sounds and we, you know we play balls with in sport you use balls anyway oh, uh, right. actually on a, on a, on a, a little just as disapp- a sad note Rod Marsh the, the great cricketer uh, mm. suffered a heart attack overnight as well so he's, he's uh, laid up in hospital thankfully uh, and uh, just quick on, we've got about, oh, I've got about 40 seconds, but it is low carb tests. Uh, only two now until 2025, confirmed. Yeah. So only two tests. Uh, of 57 tests since 2003, uh, the Wallabies have won 10, drawn three. Do we care? Uh, well, I've, I think, you know, we, we had those back-to-back Bledisloe Cup tests last year at Eden Park. How many empty seats were at the second one? I don't think the public cares too much anymore. No, I don't, but they do. Because it's the All Blacks, right? It's as simple as that. They do care about the All Blacks. Uh, but actually coming your way after seven, we're going to talk rugger as well, the chainsaws in the house. Uh, because, quite simply, uh, it's Crusaders Highlanders tonight. 7.05 live on Sky. So we'll talk to him after seven. Kyron Ball in and it's 6.59. I could go on McCafe right now, but time for his big name drop. <laughs> well, yesterday, Stephen, we had Anton Leonard-Brown, the chief and all-black midfielder, on the show, and we talked very, very little rugby, a lot of racing and a lot of golf mm-hmm. and a lot of smack talk between Izzy and ALB, to be <laughs> right. fair about golf etiquette. But uh, he did tip us out a horse last night in the Victorian races at uh, Pakenham in race five called So You See. He said, get on So You See. Um, I, it's his tip. And she was paying $4.80 when I got on, and she came in. She had a win. So I know Kevin 
uh, in Tirarangi got on as well because he texted us on double eight, double three earlier today. And uh, I'll tell you what, his tipping and Tom Leonard Brown's tipping way better than Baz's. Baz's Baz tipped us out two, and they both neither of them won. So uh, Baz's <laughs> tipping dogs. ALB is on the money, my friend. ALB. Here's Emma with news for Kubota. and I'm about to throw a brick through the window. If Joe comes up with more slow music like this, I'm going to throw a brick through the studio window. It's breakfast time, buddy. People want to get up and get busy and get funky. They do not want to go to sleep and feel like they're having a party. You're with me on this one, aren't you? Ricardo, come on. He's just grooving there. He's in his own little world. We're trying to get people up and get into work. And what's he doing? Yeah, well, exactly. I'm not sure. Joe's Joe's a special individual. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I think he, I think we just leave that. Yeah. I think yeah. individual is okay. Big old uh, showdown, hoedown tonight because it is Crusaders against the Highlanders. No zoo in the house, so Chainsaw Laney will be a bit stuffed about that one, won't you, bud? Mate, I'm 50 years old and might look a bit unusual in the zoo. That's the problem. <laughs> You're 50. Oh my gosh! Hey, hey, before, oh. mate, before we go anywhere, for, uh, anywhere, you would have woken to the news that we lost Inger overnight. I know, I know. I've just, I was just talking to Case Muse on the on the text this morning, and um, he's coming up tonight. We're going to do a speech thing tonight, and um, he just said that Inger passed away, and I'm, I'm devastated, mate. He was, uh, he was such a huge character, and. And what an outstanding man! So I, I really feel for his family. It's it's yeah, what a shock! Did yeah, you, it really is. Did, do you have any a memory of him uh, growing up? Although although you look, are of I'm similar gonna, age, what I'm saying, you have similar age. So yeah, look, I, I'm I'm going to be honest. I remember him um, a playing for the All Blacks in, in Auckland, but I, the biggest one for me was when he was over in in, the, in England playing for Newcastle. Had, he went from league, he went and played Newcastle, and he was just outstanding for them. Um, he really did uh, put on some performances because he'd moved into sort of centre as well, and uh, he was just so so good and and an outstanding man. And and and, and he changed he changed the way Jason Robinson looked at himself as well. Mm. Um, you know, he was just such a, a, a terrific man off the field and. And yeah, I just gutted for for the family and ev- and everyone. Really, it's uh, it's a massive loss. And I know Case was talking about they were, they were doing that match fist as well, and That's right. he was putting a lot of effort in there. And and you know, just it's yeah, it's 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 gutting to hear of someone who put so much time and effort into into New Zealand, but not only not only rugby, but also his Samoan community. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I really feel for everyone, and and especially people who are very close to him too. Such a nice guy. Yeah, uh, Chang's or Ricardo here, mate. I mean, I don't know if he, if you ever played directly against him, but I'm guessing if he had ever broken through uh, to be one on one with a fullback, you would have probably been like one of those guys on the tarmac with the paddles showing the jumbo jet where to go. <laughs> <would you? laughs> I I marked Jonah as well, and I'm not gonna not gonna lie, mate. <clears throat> it was, wasn't very often I got Jonah down, and I think Engel would have been the same. Yeah, he was just uh, he was low to the ground. He was big. He was fast. And um, and let's be honest, Mike. I was a wee white guy that was never going to get him. So um, no, look, he, uh, I would have 
I would have given it an honest attempt, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get on to the Highlanders against Crusaders. Okay, your boys uh, start off uh, not so flash, getting the, the loss against the Chiefs. What needs to improve? Well, the, well Brandy would probably be a bit gutted about the performance. Um, uh, I don't know what you guys thought, but that first round just seemed to... It, it was really strange. It seemed very flat. And um, particularly, you know, it's bloody tough on the guys too. You know, they're playing in front of no crowds. Um, but in saying that, they've been doing that for the last couple of years now, so they should be reasonably used to that. Um, but, yeah, I think there was a... There were certainly some decisions that were made on the field that, that um, didn't go well for them. Um, they didn't kick very well. Um, they'll be pretty disappointed by, about that because they've got some good kickers in their side. Um, some of the ball that uh, that Nuggie and, and Mitch Hunt got wasn't great either. You know, they didn't get probably as much parity up front as what they thought they were going to get. Um, so... They'll be really disappointed that purely just from a Highlanders point of view. You've got to give it to the Chiefs. They... They came out and played really well. Um, they they got stuck in up front. They've got some big forwards who uh, who um, played really well with ball in hand. And um, and the old adage is that you know if your tight five play well, um, nine times out of ten you get a result. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. So um, we've seen Brownie go and make a few changes for this week. And um, and look, it's a, it's a different kettle of fish when you come up against the Crusaders, isn't it? Every team fronts up against the Crusaders, but none more than, than the Hollanders. This is, this is always a massive game. It's just the Battle of the South. Um, and, you know, probably the upside for the Hollanders is they are playing at home. Um, under the roof, but that's uh, and, and we always see a high-scoring game under the roof between the two sides. And um, the only downside of the Hondas is, uh, is they beat them last time. So um, I know Razor will be Razor will be uh, reminding his lads about that. That's for sure. So it's going to be a hell of a game. Um, but the Crusaders uh, they scored some nice tries, very nice tries actually, um, and they'll be very dangerous when it comes to, comes to Friday night or tonight. I thought, um, uh, Brendan, that to, to be fair, you know, if, if you're the Chiefs and you, you, you finish that game and you look back at the tape and mm-hmm. you'd be wondering how we only won by 10 points. I mean, you've you yeah. to give the Highlanders some credit that they managed to hang in there considering how much better the Chiefs were, really. Yeah, no, the defence was bloody good, wasn't it? And, and to be fair, the last three, four years, that's something that's been, you know, one of their highlights is they've defended very, very well. Um, they, they, they work really hard for each other off the ball. Um, they, their scramble defence is extremely good. Um, so that's something that, they, yes, they'll be pretty happy about. But, uh, you know, against a, a team like the Chief, uh, sorry, the, um, the Crusaders, you know, if you, you make a mistake on defence, they tend to punish you, don't they? So um, they'll have to step it up another gear as well. And, and you know, going back to the Highlanders' attack, you know, they made a couple of uh, opportunities for themselves and just didn't finish them off. You know, um, Jermaine Ainsley make a beautiful wee break, looking like a second five, with the ball out just a little bit in front of James Lynch. He probably just took a split second to have a look up in front of him and see what was what was happening next. So, you know, those little opportunities have got to be taken. And um, if they get them tonight against the Chiefs, they'll... Uh, sorry, against the Crusaders, sorry, they'll, they'll certainly have to take them because they won't get many. Um, and and the Crusaders, when they get theirs, they certainly seem to be taking them. And uh, that's that's the difference between the two teams um, early on in the comp. Um, 
And and you know, the other thing from the Highlanders too, they they won't want to go two 0 down. That's that's a big thing in this competition. They just can't afford to do that. So um, defensively, they'll they'll hang in there for each other because that's something they've worked really hard on. You, you know what scares me more than anything when you read that uh, Razor's going on and he's saying, you know what, I've taught my players to think a play ahead. I've taught my players yeah. to think a play ahead. Now, any coach that says that, any other coach should be going, ah, right, we should be doing the same thing. Because for me, that's an evolution of a style. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, you've got to... Razor doesn't do a lot of hands-on coaching. It's, it's, he's very much the man manager, but um, they work very hard as a management team, don't they? And, they, and they're innovative as well. Um, they certainly look at each team individually and how they're going to play them. And uh, you've got to admire what Razor's done because everyone's trying to beat them, um, but they haven't—they really haven't had uh, much success. Have they, you know, five years on the trot, it's a massive <laughs> effort. And um, and when you look when you look at uh, the personnel he's had, yes, he's had a lot of All Blacks, but it's the young guys that he seemed to brought through his team that seem to go on and perform for him, don't they? They just—they they just seem to. Um, grow up if for a want of a better word when they when they make that environment and they do it so well so and he's got an eye for getting some talent hasn't he well this um, this, this Fergus Burke comes to mind when you start talking yeah. about that doesn't it he's right did right mate yeah he's um, he's a talented wee football he's been around he's been around for um, a couple of years now but you know he's got some um, guy in front of him that's pretty handy unfortunately for him so he's had to sit on the bench and look look at him play but uh, he's got an opportunity now and, and I like the way you know Razor's obviously said, said to him hey look Richie Wong is out for a wee while he's not going to be back for a few games here's your chance and um, and to be fair to him he's, he, he played really well last week he controlled things really well and um, he's a talented wee footballer so uh, Kennedy's got a, a, a knack of, of finding teams doesn't he yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do, um, Jane Saul. But they they also had uh, a way of finding the referee's whistle in that first game against the Hurricanes. And I know that uh, that was something that, that the Razor talked about post match. He wasn't happy with the uh, with the discipline. We saw you know two players, including Fergus Burke, get yellow carded in that game. So, in a way. I mean, this plays up to a real strength of the Highlanders. Um, if Aaron Smith's mouth isn't going ten to the dozen at the referee um, all the time from from the beginning of the whistle, normally it's going to be doing it even more now, isn't it? Because they'll see that as a potential weakness <laughs> with the Crusaders. Is like, mate, these guys were infringing left, right, and centre last week. Just ping, ping, ping. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, if Maggie's not talking, something's wrong anyway. He must be sick. So uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's a cracker at it. But but the other thing is, is he knows his rules. So he keeps he keeps the old referees pretty honest. Hey, look, and the other thing with that too, you know, uh, that first week of of rugby, uh, first round of rugby, even the second round, we've seen that in every year of Super Rugby. The referees also take time to bid in too, don't they? Um, you know, I thought there was a couple of decisions that that um, they probably themselves have looked back on and gone, mm, you know, we probably didn't get that quite right. But it takes them a wee bit to get into the swing of, of of the game as well. There's been a few tweaks and a few a few of the laws, which you know, once again, it proves um, gives us something to talk about on the on the um, on the radio as well. But um, it, you know, it takes the guys and the, and the refereeing sort of things a wee bit to get up to speed too. So I think they'll be better for uh, for a game under the belt, and we might see um, some better results when it comes to, to decisions this week. So. 
of, of, of the rules that you have seen tweaked and, 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 and are talkable about? What do you think are the ones that are affecting the way the game is played at the moment, bud? Well, look, it's like around the ruck is crazy, isn't it? Um, it's such a tough one for the guys to referee. Um, not that I'm defending them, but it is a bloody tough area for the players as well because it, all the players are going into that ruck. They've got an idea or a picture in their head how that ruck should play out. Um, and they're playing on the edge, um, you know. It's 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 also that getting back on defence too. You know that I, I find the offside line is is very very tight. For, um, uh, I, I think the guys getting back behind and onside is really tough. Whether, whether there's so much for the referees to be looking at, whether they're saying to their touches, well. well I only want to hear from you if, if uh, there's, there's foul play or um, you're looking at the offside line for me. Um, that's the only times I want to hear from you. Um, TMOs now are very much involved in the game as well. So, you know, are we defining what their role a bit better and, and saying, right, well, your role is this for the game? It's There's so much going on for the guys in the middle for, from a player point of view, particularly around the ruck, but also for the referees. So... Um, well, I said, it's just that first couple of weeks of guys getting used to used to some of those law tweaks. Um, but the ruck's the biggest one, isn't it? Oh, I, I find it talking to talking to um, people watching the game, they get confused about it. So if they're getting confused, <laughs> what about the players? You know, mate, mate, you're talking to a leaguey. Don't have to worry about rucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of piss, isn't it? It's, it's exactly what it is. Get up. Mate, Play the ball yeah, the there you go. And we'll change the six again, real, but you'll all understand it pretty quickly. Uh, good luck exactly. tonight, mate. You sound like you you are desperate. You don't want to go down that rapid hole of two and zero or zero and two. So, mate, have a have no, a great. You're right, mate. Have you're a great right. weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Bill, and nice talking to you guys too. Yeah, there you go, yeah, Brendan Shanesall Laney. Doesn't sound happy, does he? Doesn't sound oh, happy about about the Highlanders where they're at at the moment. He's a Highlander living in Crusaders country. Oh, oh, well, okay. He deserves that. This is Big Balls, <laughs> McIver and, and Ball. It's 7.18 on SENZ. Ellis. Ellis is an easy runner. Dewey Gamala goes. Dewey Gamala over the 22. Dewey Gamala all the way. A magnificent score. He got the ball down, the referee says. It may have leapt away. But what a superb score for this big lad. 1993 Barbarians versus the All Blacks and Inga Tuigamala scores. Back in 1991 at the World Cup, uh, he was on debut at age 22. One of his teammates was Ian Jones. 24 had 11 caps, and Ian joins us right now. Carmo, not a great day to wake up to. Yeah, morning, Steve. No, the absolute news you don't expect to wake up to. Uh, whatsoever, really sad news for Daphne, the whole family, of course, and the, the rugby uh, community, not just here in New Zealand, but around the world. He, he touched so many people. So, yeah, still got to uh, come to grips with myself. Um, and, and very sad for everyone, the whole, as I say, the whole family um, around. What, what did, what did, what did Inga mean to you? Well, Inga meant a lot. Inga meant the start of my uh, all back rugby career. For for one thing, uh, it's the first time I met him, which was in 1989. Uh, we were both selected uh, as debutantes. Um, him as a just 19 and a bit, I think he might have been, me 21, to go on a, a tour to uh, British Columbia where I think he played his debut game and then Wales and Ireland. 
And just so we roomed a lot together, we hung around a lot together, those young fellas back in those days, Craig Guinness was a new one, um, Graham Bashett was a new one, uh, John Timu was a new one, uh, Walter Little, so you know, we kind of hung around a lot together, and he just, so much joy, you know, he just touched so many people, uh, brought so much energy. Um, he was, well, I guess, you've got to say Brian Williams as well, but he was one of the original buses, wasn't he, one of the original devastating big runners um, I was there in 93 also when he made that big decision back then it was Steve to, to leave Rugby Union um, playing for the All Blacks to go to Wigan um, and then played a lot of rugby with some of his Wigan teammates Sean Edwards and Martin O'Fire and I know the impact he had up in Wigan and then he had a chance to play against him actually when I was playing rugby in England for Gloucester and he was up at Newcastle at that time, so yeah, had a lot, lot to do with them. But as you can probably hear in my voice and the voice of all of his teammates, we are, we are absolutely saddened. What was he like as a roomie? <laughs> he was fun. He was fun. Gosh, he um, he had energy. He had a smile. Um, he he woke up later than me. I, I remember that. He he um, he was a sleeper. He had those wonderful Samoan jeans that could uh, mean you could, you could close your eyes uh, at, at any given moment and, and sleep sleep for Africa. Um, but uh, when he was up, he was up and, you know, brought, brought, the, brought the music, brought the energy, brought the vibe. Um, so he was good there. He was very good there, but he had to tread very lightly uh, in the mornings not to wake the big fella. Some people talk about individuals that make a difference to a team. Was Inga one of those? Oh, absolutely. No question. Because of, you know, what you want in a team is people who energise uh, 24-7, people who can bring people up when you're down. As you know, in any given touring situation, Steve, or any uh, team situation, you're always going in peaks and troughs, ebbs and flows, ups and downs. And a guy like Inga will always be able to sense the downs and and get around people, bring them up. But some some wonderful documentation out there of people who's transformed. I remember the the great British lion, the great England and Wigan fullback. I think he was Jason Robinson. How he transformed his life around. So those are those kind of little moments and. He often did that on one-on-one basis in the All Black teams I was involved with anyway, where he would surround those people who are having a, a tough time, but for whatever reason, um, and we all go through it. Um, Singer was one of those people. So those those types of um, personalities are so important in the team, but you know, clearly um, someone had a different path for Inga on this day, and he'll go on and do his great work somewhere else. What's your lasting memory of the great one? Um, smile. Uh, I mean, we we can talk about his devastating boring ability, but uh, and the amazing things he's done out in the rugby field. But I think ultimately, uh, it's that amazing, amazing smile that I when I heard the news this morning, that's what sprung to my mind. Uh, it, it beamed across the hemispheres, didn't it? It just lit up uh, these rooms. Uh, this big dude. And, and he was a big dude, there's no question about that, in <laughs> stature and personality, but this, uh, has this incredible smile. So I think, for me, Steve, that'll be the absolutely lasting uh, memory 
um, a beautiful, beautiful smile that transforms lives. Well, you'll be you'll be pleased to know his son Jordan DM'd me uh, this morning, uh, and he said, uh, "Dad passed peacefully." So uh, oh, no. you, you'll know there was no pain. He passed peacefully, and the, so the, I think that'll make people just a little bit a little bit happier and a little bit sadder. Yeah, oh, very sad, uh, whatsoever. But uh, yeah, so sad. But as I said before, at fifty-two years of age, I guess yeah. he has a bigger calling somewhere else, and he'll go on and do great work uh, wherever that is. And um, thank, thank from now yeah. on. Thanks for sharing your thoughts today. I appreciate you giving us your time. Not a problem at all. Take care, everyone. Thanks, mate. Ian Jones, the man we call Carmo, all black, uh, great himself in many ways, sharing his thoughts on the loss of Inga Tuigamarate. So just like you, Ricardo, uh, the same effect that had had on Carmo was the smile. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, great to hear. I mean, Carmo and I have been working together a little bit on the uh, Chiefs Mana uh, show on SENZ on a uh, Tuesday night talking, you know, Chiefs rugby, but um, and getting to know him as well and uh you know he he's talked he shared so many memories um from chief's days from all blacks days and it's just great to hear him talk there about anger and about the you know uh the the fact they roomed together and uh, when they, when they were up and coming all blacks and you know <laughs> and, and just that, some of those stories that he must have and he'll, he'll be going through yeah. those in his head today you would think oh, yeah. uh, reflecting back yeah. But the, the sad thing about all of this is it just reminds us of our own mortality. But there you go. Uh, Inga Tuigamala gone at 52. So uh, if you've got memories of him, 0800 150 811 on the Canards Half phone line. That's 0800 150 or text us on double eight double three. Not too far away with news with Emma uh, with Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. 731. Where's the music, Joe? Come. Ow! Here we go. Oh, Rick, Ricardo, are you raising your arms? Start dancing there, buddy. Oh, that's heavy metal locks. People can't see you doing your heavy metal thing. Seven thirty-two. This is <laughs> McIver and Ball for breakfast. We like to call it Big Balls, and for Baz and Izzy, uh, it's time to do the Choices Flooring Room View program, uh, which takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. So, you know what we're going to do today, Ricardo? Do you have a, do you have any idea what we're going to do today? Well, I think the fact that we've been talking about Inga uh, all day, we should we should talk, shouldn't we? Do the poll yeah. on who's the, who's the greatest All Black winger? Well, yeah, okay. So we've we've given we've picked four wingers, mm. four wingers that we believe uh, should be in here. Now, of course, Inga is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. We understand that. Now, I think your your read on that right back before seven o'clock when you said he sort of he was the game breaker. He changed the way we viewed wingers. Wingers, you know, we had Terry Wrights and the Grant Batties and then then people like that. Even Jay Cato of point, and then along comes the, the initial bus, the initial freight train in Inga. But we have added uh, the man that followed him, and as you said quite rightly, Jonah Lomo is on on that, and that 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 would be okay, right? Was that okay with you? Yeah, totally, totally, definitely. He's one of the greats, Jonah. Okay, so you've given us the totes on that one. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, okay, so we're doing the buses. All right. Yeah. So how about Julian Savia? Yeah, I mean he's a he's a, a later model. Um, from the prototypes, uh, but yeah, very much in the bus in the bus realm. All right, but I think this. I actually think this one. When you talk about wingers, and I think this is this comes down to just all round ability to get it to the line, right? Mm-hmm. Dougie Howlett. Dougie Howlett. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a different type of winger to the other guys oh, that we're talking oh, oh, yes. about, isn't he? Uh, more, more fleet of foot. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's more likely to, to beat you with a step than run over you, <laughs> uh, shall we say. I mean, you know, because I, 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 for a moment there, when you said, uh, you know, Inga and Jonah and, and Julian, I was like, are, are you going for uh, who's the best bus? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's just look at the Kenworths that we have parked in the, in the All Black Pack, <laughs> uh, sorry, the, the, in, the, in the car park and see how it's going. But I think Dougie Howlett deserves to be there uh, because he was a he – he was the de- definitive scoring machine. He was the definitive scoring machine. And, you know, I think the thing with Doug Howlett is his over, his all-round game. Um, you know, we talk about uh, what Jonah and uh, and the rest were capable of, or, you know, in Julian's case, are capable of. He's still playing. Uh, whereas Doug, um, I think, just had so many more strings to his bow, if you like. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't going to, he generally wasn't going to bump you off, but he could fend you. He could step you. He could just outpace you. He could run around you. Um, wow. And he was great under a high ball as well. Listen to you. Listen to you. Hey, he could, how many strings do you think he had to his bow? He, he had quite a few. He would was be he hungry games string, material. Was he, was he a 12-stringer or an 8? Is that a classical guitar 12-string or is it a classical 8-string guitar? You tell me. 12-string. Yeah, string. It's a classical yes. guitar 12-string and the, and the sort of guitar you would thrash and break on a stage would be what? Six. <laughs> Possibly five because I might not have changed the bottom one because I didn't need it. Have you ever, have you ever, broken, a, have you ever broken a guitar on, on stage? No, no. No, I can't say that I have. I, uh, have you I, wanted to? Yeah, yeah, but I I kind of always think, uh, then I've got to replace this. It's not like I'm Pete Townsend from The Who, right? I mean, apparently in the the early Who days, he did it the first time by accident and the crowd went nuts, so he kept doing it, but they weren't big then. So he used to just run into music stores, grab a guitar off the wall and then run out again. He used to steal his guitars because he couldn't afford to replace them. (laughs) Okay. Oh, actually, someone just texted us in. Must be mm. a new, must be a new listener too, because there's only a number here. Don't forget BG. Mm. Well, okay, we have. Thank you for reminding us, uh, unknown person. Uh, but we didn't put them on the list. So this is our just a reminder: our choices flooring review program, which takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. Your favourite floor. Flavorite uh, floor. Th- this is our poll, our choices flooring poll. So we'd like you to get on to the. Is it, we're changing the way we do it too, by the way. Oh, Sir BG. Yeah, okay, right, Sir BG. Yep. Uh, you vote via the SENZ app. So you basically say, follow the same process you would when you're listening on the app. Just tap to listen live on Baz and Izzy. And boom, the poll will appear. And the four wingers you have to choose will be Dougie Howlett, Jonah Lomu, Julian Savia, and the late Inga the Winger who passed overnight at age 52. So that's the Choices Flooring Poll. Get on it. I would love to know. I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Howlett. What are you thinking? I don't think you can go past Jonah. To be honest, just the impact that he had on the game, um, and when you talk global superstars, if you went to America or Germany or you know somewhere that's not a rugby country, uh, and asked them about the All Blacks or said name an All Black, you know I think Jonah's probably the name that you'll get from from people. Okay, Lyndon's just texted me, and uh, we asked for texts and or calls about uh, Inga. Uh, Lyndon's just texted and said, I saw him play with Pat Lamb and Johnny Wilkinson for the Falcons when I lived in Newcastle in the early 2000s. The first of the big bustling wingers, such a nice guy with him. And here we go again, this is, this is the theme, with a contagious smile. 
Mm. If you've got thoughts on Inga Tuigamala, Vainga Tuigamala, uh, 0800 150811 or text us on Uh Guess who's up next? Clado. Clado's in the house. You know, I didn't realise Clado's a big leaguey. I think, no. a, I think he's a big leaguey. So we're going yeah. to talk uh, to Clado shortly on SENZ, Big Balls Breakfast. 7.43, uh, Sir John Kerwin, not too far away. So this is going to be a, a, a brief, shall we say, Waikato Stud, your source for race eight update. Clado, good morning. Where is he? Is, he, is Clado not there? Clado, you're not listening to me. Steve, oh, sorry, Steve-O, I'm listening. Yeah, I'm oh, here. hang on, hang on. He started with a Steve-O, not a good start. All right, let's, 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 just, <laughs> let's just get on with things. Um, I've got a question for you that's been provided for me because you know how much I, I'm into my racing. Is uh, Amaralina the clear favourite in the G1 at Otaki? Uh, look, she's going to be very hard to beat. She's $2.80 favourite, Parksy to ride. I'm going outside Amaralina. I'm going Cinerama. Down the bottom of the page at $8 for Hazel Schaefer to give her her first group one tomorrow. Ricardo, nice you're allowed to ask him a question, mate. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I was just checking that he was finished because Clado, you know, might have just taken a breath there. Hey, uh, Clado, we actually had a really good text in from um, Kevin in Titarangi. We, uh, Kevin, earlier, uh, we had a, a, a tip yesterday um, out of Australia from Anton Leonard Brown, and he was uh, texting us earlier today to say that he got on So You See at Packenham yesterday at 480. It came in, uh, and he's just given us this tip, mate. I'll be uh, keen to get your thoughts on the money available here. Very elegant. Of course, we know uh, that name very well. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, paying $2.80. Its second up record is seven starts, five wins. A fabulous multi-anchor. Your thoughts on that one? Oh, yes. The Chippy Norton Stakes tomorrow at uh, Randwick. Yeah, I think she's ready to pounce. Um, good run first up. Uh, over the 1,400 metres, she gets out to the mile tomorrow. So, yeah, I think she'll be winning that tomorrow. Okay, quick yeah. question. Karaka, next week, what's, what's it going to be like and are you going? Uh, I won't be going, but I'll be watching intently, Steve. Steve, and uh, I tell we can have a little bit. Just put an N on the end, Clado, and you'll be happy. Yeah, Clado, Clado, Stephen, right? Okay. Can we? Can Steven, we just? Can we just? Sort of, okay. Have you, by the way, how's how your Warriors going? How about that last week? Gee, what a start to the season! <laughs> I knew you were excited, mate. I'm sorry we're short and sweet this morning, but you would have heard the sad news uh, that we lost Inga, oh. Inga Tuigamala overnight. So we've got Sir John Kerwin uh, waiting on the phone. So I, I appreciate you giving yeah. us your time this morning, mate. Yeah, all listeners, they know I'm a big fan of Chase. They get on Chase tomorrow, and yeah, rest in peace, Inga. We'll never forget the, the great warrior, will we? Thanks, Matt. Nice words. Thanks for that, Clado. Waikato study your home of champion sires, including Zavabiel and Ocean Park. This is SENZ Breakfast with McIver and Ball. It's 7.46. On the line right now is uh, Sir John Kerwin, ahead of his uh, daily workout. Hey, JK. Morning. How are we? Oh, well, how are you, mate, after hearing the news? Yeah, no, I found out last night about 11 o'clock. Just, yeah, devastating. I was with the beautiful Inga uh, about three weeks ago. We did a podcast together, and he was was in fine form, you know, that beautiful smile, and, um, you know, we had a... Had a laugh a minute, but he was, you know, doing so much great work in the community. Um, so yeah, I just like he was just in such um, fine form. You know, he just lost a lot of weight, and and he was going really good. So yeah, devastating news. He was he was a special man. And and what what did he mean to someone like you? Oh, he was just uh, like. He was this new breed of rugby player when he first came in. So from a rugby player, he was absolutely devastating. You know, I was getting later on in my career and then 
um, you know, here comes this guy, and, and he's and big, strong, fast, great step. Um, you know, would absolutely smash you and then smile. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so he was, and just a very special tourist. You know, he was always, always had that beautiful smile, always laughing, always having fun. Um, you know, but when he needed to switch it on, he did. And so, you know, he was he was just a special young man. And, uh, you know, I think in the, in the, especially in the Polynesian community, you know, him and Michael and, and, and um, Ronnie, you know, Joe was probably one of our, uh, you know, B.G. Williams, our early Pacifica um, players. And he was, he was, you know, just a superstar in his own right. And then going to rugby league and, you know, just a, just a lovely man. It's been a horrible time for the Tuga Mata. Yeah, lost, lost, the, the sister, sister gone a couple of weeks ago in tragic circumstances. Uh, Carmo told us this morning that he was a great sleeper. He roomed with him a lot. But he, we, 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 we talked about the fact that when people have an impact on a team, uh, he was one of those guys. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, like yeah, he, was, he was full stop or full go, you know. <laughs> and um, but I mean the thing that I I just remember the most is is um, just that beautiful smile of his, uh, you know. And he was he was incredibly special as a player. So he had this um, you know he had this personality that was always always bubbly, always smiling. You know, really talented musician, and you know he loved to have a sing with the, with the crew and. Um, and then devastating on the rugby field. And I think for us, we came from a we came from a very serious rugby. You know, we were serious like from Thursday and frowning. And you know, he came along and he's smiling all the way through. You know, massive test match, and and he's smiling and having a good time. You know, it was a real lesson for a lot of us. Do, do you think because of that, he, in his own innate way, changed the culture of the All Blacks? I, th- I think he certainly changed the way we looked at a game of rugby. You know, here was this guy that could perform at the highest level. Um, you know, and he and he could still be jovial and 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 so yeah. And he was he was a the new a new type of athlete. You know, had a very low had a very low centre of gravity, um, great footwork, and a big man. So, you know, he was he was uh, definitely. One of the one of the new breed, I reckon. So, Carmo said the smile was his is is his lasting memory of yeah. Vyinger. Is it the same for you, or is there something else? No, same, in, in, same for me. When you said that, I smiled. You know, on such a sad day, and I'm incredibly upset. Um, you know, just because he'd put so much effort into his health, and the you know, in the last little while, he'd lost thirty kilos. I mean, I was. I was walking around the waterfront where I live and um, there was these four big Polynesian boys in front of the cafe where I normally get a... And I had a look. I said, look at those giants over there. And I gave them the old... Oi! And I turned around and it was... Uh, you know, it was... It was... It was Inga and uh, Charles Reicherman and, uh, you know, and Ronnie Clark and they'd ridden out from West, you know, West Auckland. We had a bit of a laugh. Hey, bloody doing in my neighbourhood, you guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, we just had it like when you get together with them and there's Bradley Meeker as well, like they're big men, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just, we, when you see them, you just have a laugh. And, yeah. uh, you know, and he, you know, he, 
he was just um, in, in good good shape. You know, he'd put a lot of time into his health. And, I'm just devastated. Yeah, I know, mate. And you, well, I, as I said to Carmo at the, at the end of this chat, I said his son Jordan uh, texted me this morning, and he said uh, Dad passed peacefully, not not any pain, and probably wouldn't have felt anything. So uh, you could be grateful that uh, uh, he passed that way. If 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 we could be grateful at all, right? If you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. JK, I appreciate yeah. your time, and I, I, I know it's a tough time. He'll be he'd be with that. He'll be with the Lord up there and he'll be organising a game of footy already. So, <laughs> Mate, thanks for your time. You're welcome. Yeah, Sir right. John Kerwin joining us and sharing his memories. Wow. Um, if that doesn't sound, Ricardo, like someone who has just had a brick thrown at them and, and, and struggling with it, it would be Sir John Kerwin right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could hear it in the man's voice, you know. Um, much respect to him and uh, yep. thanks to him for, for coming on at a difficult time. It would have been uh, a lot easier to say no, but, um, you know, we know the work that JK's done uh, around that mental health space and he'll be, um, you know, sort of working through things and, and dealing with things and, 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 and letting them uh, percolate a little bit and, yeah. and, uh, and dealing with it himself um, and really appreciate him coming on and, yeah. And doing that, and, and and some of those thoughts and memories that he shared as well. It's simple though, right? It's simple when you when you break it on down. It's a smile, and you know yeah, we're, exactly. we're 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 living in times that we're all tired of right at the moment, right? But a simple yeah. smile can change so much, and that was Ingatu Gamala. By the way, we talked about our uh, choices flooring poll. Uh, it's really got people coming alive too with uh, their favourite wingers and Sir John Kerr and Damon's just said because uh, he's got we've got the Mount Rushmore right and uh, he'd say J.K. Inger, Jonah and Goldie mm. and Goldie uh, Richard has said uh, Joelle Vendiri before Dougie Howlett had the speed the finishing skills and could run straight over players yeah he was another little bus wasn't he and then another one Brendan goes Goldie question mark was he saying should we think about Goldie or should we just throw him in <laughs> I think he was thinking we should consider Goldie in the conversation well actually how, how do you view Goldie as a winger I was talking to him the other night and uh, how do you look at Goldie as a winger I thought he he, he was one of the first big steppers wasn't he mm. like a well, big size honest, step yeah I, I for some reason I don't really remember Goldie my first, if you say to me Jeff Wilson or Goldie, I think fifteen. I don't tend to think wing. Oh, you know what I mean. Okay. I mean, I know we played both, but um, uh, I thought uh, that that was kind of that's how I remember him more as a fifteen than a wing. But I mean, yeah, he was incredibly, incredibly quick and great off both feet. Goldie, he he certainly uh, he was he was kind of a I guess you, uh, for his time a you know a, a modern John Kerwin. <laughs> I wonder if I said, what if we said that to Goldie, would he react? I might have to ask him that when I see him next. Hey, stick around. Don't forget, after eight, haven't actually said this, after eight, Captain Kane is in the house. That's right, Sportsman of the Year, Captain of the Black Caps, the one team of the Hauberg's, Kane Williamson, coming your way after eight here on SNZ. It's Mackay and Ball, Big Ball's breakfast for another hour. That's the last time we're probably allowed to say it. Although the boss isn't in yet, and it's almost eight o'clock, which is which is not flash. Uh, I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to go get some cafe coffees. All right, because I'm going to have a a medium flat white. Do you know how big their large coffee is, Ricardo? At, at no. a cafe, it how is freaking enormous. It's it's like it's like a jug of coffee if you order a large. So that's what. And I'm really excited to talk to uh, Kane Williamson after eight. Are you not? Oh mate, how good! How good! The uh, the Helberg winner, the captain of the Black Caps, the the World Test champion. I I wonder if he sleeps with the mace still. Can we ask him? 
You can, and you know what? He'll give you an answer too. All right, stick around. Kane Williamson coming your way after eight here on the Big Balls Breakfast. Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand, which means it's time for news with Emma. talking turn it up come on is Baz and Izzy for breakfast with McIver and Ball till 9 o'clock this morning. Been trying to get something like that for the last two hours out of Joe. We've finally broken him down, Ricardo. How good does that feel, hey? How good does that feel? It's good. It's good. It's, it's, it's been my, uh, my, my one bugbear with Joe. He's great at the whole gig, uh, but his music taste is his in the toilet. His music taste is turd. It's as simple <laughs> as that. Let's just, not cut to, let's just cut to the chase, and that's the most important thing. Uh, Kane Williamson not too far away. In fact, he's getting really close. He's really, really close. We have is Kieran to get off the phone and so we can talk to him, so the, the SENZ law <laughs> listeners can talk to him? Is Kieran finished talking to Kane? He's not talk, finished talking to Kane. Well, okay. Who's having the conversation here, producer Kieran? <laughs> Us or or you? Do you want to just keep Captain Kane to yourself? Are we almost good to go? Okay, he's so just all, he's, they're just organising a beer. Well, okay, and he's good to go now. Second test of that Hagley Oval. The Black Caps a chance to win the a test series against uh, the Proteus for the first time in seventeen tests. Captain Kane joins us now. Hello, Kane. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, first of all, nice to touch base with you at the Halibergs, and uh, congratulations on the Sportsman of the Year and the Team of the Year. Uh, I, I have to ask a question. Uh, you said in your acceptance speech, I think, for the team, you, you felt uncomfortable. Yeah, oh, um, yeah certainly the individual uh, award. Um, you know, and, and also, I suppose, it's just so difficult, isn't it, to, to choose these things and... Um, I think when you're um, receiving individual awards and awards and you're playing a, a team, um, you know it's it's certainly um, tough to to recognise individuals when um, you know there's so many people that are, are sort of pulling and contributing in the the same direction and um, you know the the teams um, category is uh, an incredibly tough one. So I guess it's it's tough to um, to to decide. I'm sure, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, at the same time, it's um, you know, a, a proud moment for New Zealand cricket, um, you know, to, to receive an award like that and, and some, some nice recognition. And, um, yeah, and it was, a, it was a good evening to celebrate New Zealand sport, um, you know, in a time that's been incredibly tough for, for everybody and, and for sports people as well. So um, it was a nice night. 
Uh, Kane Ricardo here, mate, and thanks for coming on this morning. I, I do have to ask you, when you you know the nominations come in, I mean, how much is going on in your head in the lead-up, thinking about maybe where you think it's going to go? Did you kind of vote for it yourself in your head about where you thought things might end up? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, yeah, no, no voting. Um, you, you, well, I mean, I guess the um, Olympic athletes that, that go away and, and perhaps, you know, win and, and have success might um, have a, a closer idea to, to what might happen. But, um, you know, I think, I don't know, being involved in cricket, you don't go there with um, too many expectations. But um, it has been a, a pretty, um, you know, special year for the, the team. And um, there's been some amazing moments. So I suppose that was recognised. But like I say, it's just it's um, a very difficult thing to to decide um so you know you, you sort of don't have any expectations that's for sure Kane uh Tom Latham who's standing in for you at the moment said that win against the Proteas in the first test was the perfect performance how do what's your read on that first test yeah um it was really um I suppose you can you can do all of the things that that you do and, and do them to the best of your ability but um, you still have a, an opposition there that are, um, are looking to, to play their best cricket. And as we know, in, in this sport, there's so many variables and, and uncontrollables. But in that game in particular, kind of everything went our way, really. And, and the, the team played extremely well. Um, and then all those little bits that, that happened in the game also fell our way. So it, it, was, it was, you know, almost the, the perfect performance um, against a, a strong side as well. So we know that in this next one, they'll, they'll be much better for that. Um, you know, we certainly won't be, be expecting it to, to happen like that again, and, and the team will be very much preparing um, as well as they can to, to take on the... Uh, or take the protest on in this next match. Kane, okay, how is the elbow, and how close were you to making yourself available for the second test? Um, yeah, I mean, it is progressing. It's, it's been slow. Um, uh, obviously, uh, everybody seems to ask me um and yeah i mean my uh you know intentions i guess a while back when we thought we we're going to try and get this right was to to absolutely try and target um this series and um but then at the same time it, it's sort of giving it this this time for a reason really to to get it back to a hundred percent and and then hopefully sort of get it behind you so um, yeah, unfortunately, it sort of just crept up a bit quickly, and and also the the format of Test cricket was was definitely the the one that was harder to manage just because of the the extra load. So it just wasn't quite the right time. What is it about Hagley Oval that seems to work in favour of the Black Caps? Eight, since twenty sixteen, uh, eight Tests played, seven wins, one draw. What is it about that place? Yeah, um, yeah, I suppose it's, uh, conditions that work there quite familiar with and um and yeah i mean the, the stats are, i guess are hard to to know exactly um but you know the, the team have played a lot of good cricket there over the years and um i think you know it does complement our our seam bowling attack quite nicely so um i think there's you know quite a bit in that um and it, and it it nips around a little bit and there's good pace on the surface and yeah i think that does complement um certainly our seam bowlers and and the batters, as we saw in, in particular in that last game where it was quite challenging, they came out and adjusted their game well and 
um, and got some runs on the board, which was equally important. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's been a number of good matches there and, and the team are, are pretty familiar with that venue. And, and, and like anything, Kane, the obvious question, got to win that toss again, right? Win the toss, it's, it can go your way pretty quickly with, at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, we we don't hold our breath on that. We don't have a. (laughs) We're talking about stats. We certainly don't have very good ones with the toss. But um, you know, so and the the team are pretty, pretty resilient in in that respect. So, um, well, only because we've probably got a little bit used to losing the toss. So there's not too many other options. But um, yeah. So look, I I haven't seen the the surface um, or heard too much. But usually, it's it's pretty consistent with with what we've come to expect and. Uh, I'm sure it'll offer a little bit um, first up and, yeah, no doubt both teams will be looking to make the most of that. How important is it to you to win the test, get the 24 points and get back on track to defend the test championship? Yeah, um, look, that that carrot is something that has sort of changed the the mentality a little bit in in test cricket and we saw that certainly in the the last couple of years, um, you know, where teams were very much pushing hard to get results and... um, and, and for sure that any opportunity you have to, to get points is, is vital for that. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a great addition to the format, I think. Got to be really careful, though, that you don't take, again, as you said, a very good team like the Proteas lately. Their captain, uh, Dean Algar, says they just failed to execute the basics. Good teams can switch that quickly, can't they? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw them in the last series, you know, against one of the best teams in the world and, and obviously that's India and, and they managed to, to win that series um, in their home country. So um, we, we know the quality that they bring and, and have done for so many years and um, the guys are, are fully aware of that. So, uh, you know, they'll be preparing for a, a tough challenge. We're going to end this on a compliment. Courtney Duncan, the three-time WX world champion who was sitting with you at the table at the Halbergs uh, the other night, thought you were pretty special. <laughs> oh, that's that's very nice. Actually, it was um, it was a obviously a different awards evening, wasn't it? With the, such limitation yeah. in numbers, so you know everybody ended up sitting with people that they've never met before, and um, and that was certainly the case at our table. And um, we had a, a great time actually, sort of meeting the different athletes rather than perhaps sitting at tables with you know your own other other team members or support staff. So. Um, it was actually a, a lot of fun and, and an enjoyable evening. And, um, yeah, great to, to meet Courtney and, um, and also Hayden and um, a couple of the yachties, Andy and Josh. So, yeah, we had, we had good fun. Yeah, mate, and, and thanks for that because I know she was as nervous as hell. She wouldn't go to the table until someone turned up and you just, <laughs> and you just happened to turn up. So thanks for looking after our, our girl, mate. Uh, best of luck with that, Albo. Thanks for giving us some time this morning, SNZ. Are you waiting to hop on a plane, are you? Sorry, I know it's it's mad out here. Um, no, I'm I'm waiting for a coffee actually. <laughs> <It's quite different. laughs> okay, yeah. must be yeah. must be a busy old Sorry. place. Kane, thanks for your time, buddy. Have yeah. a great weekend. Cheers, thank you. You guys too, <laughs> Captain Kane Williamson. He's quite right about that about that Halberg thing because they they only had tables of like five because they were allowed about a hundred and however we worked it out. And it was good. Uh, Courtney Duncan, she she said to us last night on Race Control, Ricardo, that she asked him a question about uh, failing him, sort of not something going wrong. I can't even remember. And she said she sat back and listened and went, I now get it. And was that a typical chat between high-performance people when they meet for the first time? Yeah, it's um, – I would imagine – I mean, Kane is – 
He's he's always very straight, right? He, he he's a good bugger, man. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you ask him a question, he will give you an answer. Yeah, and uh, and and it's usually really really well thought out and considered as well. You know, he doesn't he doesn't sort of rush in. He he's very balanced, um, and he, he talks very deliberately and and, and gives you uh, some some real insight generally. And you know, I mean, slightly different doing radio show, uh, I guess. But having been in a couple of meetings with Baz McCullum as well. Uh, you get you get a lot of that too. Yeah. You know, he's he tends to be very considered uh, and a lot deeper than maybe people give him credit for in some of the way he thinks about things. Good call on that one. Yeah. Well, they've got a lot of time to to read when they do tests, right? I remember Smithy yeah. Smith. Oh no, it was it was Scotty Skyros telling me that I, he's got this amazing um, general knowledge. I said, why? He says, well. You know, and tests are a long day, and sometimes you just get a chance to sit down and read a lot. So they, they just read a lot. Anyway, we're going to talk TAB and get some updates shortly here on the SCNZ Breakfast. It's 8.16 with uh, Ricardo and Stephen uh, with the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Eight twenty one. We had so much hope. We had so much hope that Joe would continue the music in a more responsible and upbeat fashion and yet he wants to go to a club well, it's, it's, it just sounds like one of those rubbish ringtones you got on your <laughs> 1990s Nokia phones. He, and what is this? If you could see him, he's sitting in there as in his own little world, just bouncing away on the chair, having a great time. This is the SNZ Breakfast. Without business, you've had to put up with McIver and Ball for the last two and a half hours. We'll be gone in about half an hour, so don't worry about that. And then Smithy will come in and, and take over the truck. It's time for a TAB live update. You can bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Hi, Pip. Morris, how are you? Good morning, I'm well, guys. How are you? You good? Do you have an issue with the music we're playing? Because we certainly have an issue. I do. I do have an issue. It's very oh. uh, interesting, oh. isn't it? But good. I do know Joe, and he does like his. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> don't, don't go back on it, Pip. So, what would you? Okay. So, before we even get into the TAB update, what music would you be suggesting that Joe should play on breakfast? Oh, I think something a little bit more. Maybe a bit of both. Bob Seger or something, you know, oh, a little Bob's, bit wow. relaxing, but get you going. And okay, so you know? Joe, before nine <laughs> o'clock, according to Pip, there's some Bob Seger. You're not even allowed to argue with us. Just go and find it. Otherwise, I'll ask Karen to do your job, and you can go his job. So find us some Bob Seger, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wow. No old-time rock and roll for us, Stephen. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, just once. Just once. Come on, youngster. Sort your life out. Uh, All righty. What's going on, Pip? We've got plenty to look forward to today. We've got Addington Greyhounds, Palmer North Greyhounds, Rickerton for the Gallops, Alexandra Park for the Harness, and Invercargill. And look, there's bonus back races across the four meetings. Palmer North, Rickerton, Alex Park, and Invercargill. Can tell you two at Rickerton. The best back in the first is no rigmarole for Chris Johnson. He's aboard at 4.50. Followed closely, though, by Pittman's runner, Acquitter, at $7.50. And then in race number two, it's all about Tamari Diva. She was at 3.2. She's moved into $3.00. So she's been a real cruncher. And then, of course, tomorrow, guys, at Mutter Mutter, we do have the Group 2 Breeders' Stakes there. And the best fact, no surprise, Jamie Richards' runner at 270 is I Choose You. Matt Cameron, of course, aboard. And look, if you're looking for one today, thought maybe in Palmerston North race number one, the one big-time grenade at 450. A little bit of value.
Nice, nice, Pip. Um, actually, there was one that I was looking at in the Lisa Chittick plate tomorrow at uh, Matter Matter that uh, the Baz was talking about yesterday. Trained by the Kelsos, of course, we've got Levante. Uh, Le Creeres, I think is how you say it, uh, number four in, in race six. Uh, paying sixes in seventy with Ryan Elliott on board. Thoughts on that one? Very nice horse, actually. You, you picked one out really good there. I think it's Someone a told him. chance, actually, and, and very nice value. <laughs> oh, there you go. Don't say that. Let him have the credit. He did sound good, though, right? He sounded great because I wouldn't have a clue. He did. <laughs> yeah. Looks like you're really getting in there. <laughs> oh, just channeling my inner bears, mate. Just channeling my inner bears. That was that. To be fair, that yeah, was one of his. Yeah, I was going to say, he does own that one, doesn't he? But no, look at him. Um, it looks a real good chance, especially from barrier number three there. Oh, so there you go, because he owns a damn horse. Oh, okay. Hey, just just quickly, (laughs) if you could try and refocus uh, off the track, uh, maybe to the Highlanders Crusaders tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Crusaders look almost unbackable at at 122 for the win. Yeah, they are. There was about a $5,000 bet put on them yesterday, but I have to say people are more playing the winning points and margin Mm -hmm. way, and it seems to be 13-plus, so a lot of takers there for them to cover that 13-plus pretty easily. And, look, you can get involved too. There's a bonus back around that, so if your team wins, let's say the Crusaders, but you get the margin wrong, you can get a bonus back up to $50. So, look, it's well worth having a go at that kind of option. But, yeah, the Crusaders, look, they look like they're starting off the season with a huge bang once again. Are you sounding excited about the Crusaders? You changed the tone of your voice as soon as you started talking about the Crusaders. You went, well, the Crusaders are starting off with a bit of bang. I'm getting really excited about this. Are you a Crusaders girl? I'm not a Crusaders girl, actually. No, no, I'm a bit of a chief, born in the Waikato. Yeah, that's my Um, girl. Which part of the Waikato? uh, Well, what part? Hamilton. (laughs) The old Tron. I'm a a Putaru boy. Oh, I used to go to Manuel and Pataro when I was a kid. There we go. <laughs> see, Ricardo, see, I'm not that bad after all. Uh, just quickly, uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Dragons, and the Charity Shield tomorrow night at nine. If you can uh, work something out for me there, though, I can't believe this. The Rabbitohs are at $1.32 and the Drags at three twenty-five. I can, I can. I just think the way that the Dragons and that were last time, gosh, they'd have to lift, wouldn't they? I just, wow, you know, okay. I thought the bunnies were quite good. I think they might come back. I mean, Rabbitohs are 187, the Dragons, look, the TAB certainly isn't really splitting them as well as the points start to go. Kid to kid, Rabbitohs are 132, Dragons 325. I don't know. I thought maybe the Dragons might even get the wooden spoon this year. So Wow. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. Mm. So this this is a woman of many talents. Uh, I think between them and the Tigers, I'm, I'm going to throw out the Tigers. I just, oh, five oh. captains. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> well, so hang on. If we were talking rugby, we'd call it a leadership group, right? So just hang on, just don't say Too many chiefs. (laughs) There's no such thing as too many chiefs when you're in Bataru. Yeah, well, this is true. Oh, my question is, who does the ref direct to on the field? Do they get them all in a huddle and say this is what's happening? I oh, okay. Now, now, now you just take. Now you, now you just taking it. All right, Pip. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great weekend. You too, guys. Pip Morris from the TAB Promotions in play. Hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit the tab.co.nz. And please, as always, gamble responsibly because it's R18. 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 We love to say R18. Um, I was quite... Stephen. Yeah, mate. Sorry, I was just going to ask you a question. Uh, You you were talking about the Charity Shield. Yeah, Um, yeah. great, great match. uh, It's 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 one of those classics, right? And it's going to be interesting again before you before you ask me the question because teams are changing. There's so many new faces in teams. I mean, the Dragons came from behind to beat Parramatta at the, uh, the weekend. The Rabbits, I can't remember what the Rabbits did the troll last week, but it's an interesting one. She might be onto it. I don't know.
Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I, I, I looked at it and thought much the same, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think they will struggle to make the playoffs, definitely. But I was going to ask actually about the Rabbitohs, because of course they were supposed to have Anthony Milford come in, and then yeah. he uh, absolutely <laughs> yeah. drop-kicked himself um, at yes. the end of last season. And so at the moment, it's Cody Walker and Lachlan Elias are the other halves pairing for yep. this game. Um, I don't know... In terms of Lachlan Elias, whether or not he's the player that they need at seven if they want to make the top four again. And, and I mean, they have. there has been some talk about them shopping. Uh, have you heard anything? No, what do you think no. they'll do? Nout. Haven't heard anything. Uh, remember, they've got a new coach too, Jason Dimitriou, who was the understudy to Wayne Bennett, who is now at the Dolphins. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough year. You know, there's that old cliche, as long as you've got a good pack going around, your halves can pretty much do anything. I think in the modern game, you've got to have a halves combination. I think losing Adam Reynolds to the Brisbane Broncos is going to be enormous for them. But on the flip side, I wonder whether the Brisbane Broncos forward pack is going to deliver what Adam Reynolds needs to go forward there. You know, I'm going to come back, and and, and I'm not going to say it's our... I actually think the Warriors are as good a team as any going forward this year. Once they figure out who partners Sean Johnson, uh, I... Spoke with Sir Graham Lowe the other night on Extra Time, and he said, we agreed, Ash Taylor's the man for us. Ash Taylor and Sean Johnson in the halves. The pack, when you take a look at the Warriors pack, is actually one of the strongest and probably most settled packs around, mate. They're looking solid. They are looking solid yeah. up front, I think. I think you have to give them that. I was a little bit surprised they let Jermaine Tonua Brown go, yeah. given how much they had put into him developmentally. Um, so that surprised me. But, I mean, I think on the on the front of it, I mean, if you took, took a, a starting 17, um, yeah. uh, that pack uh, looks as good as any running around. I, I, I think I think to finish this conversation off before Emma brings us news is that the only concern I have is in the centres. I think outside mm. backs we might have a little issue. And if their D uh, doesn't uh, aim up, it could be another one of those seasons. All right, Depth heading at hooker as well, mate. Depth at hooker's an issue, I yes. think. Yes, oh, indeedy. 8.30, time for news with Kapoda. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Sunday on SNZ Breakfast without Baz and Izzy you had to put up with McIver and Ball the boss found out he texted us he didn't like big balls he didn't like no. calling the big balls breakfast he went ooh, <laughs> ooh. I'm not surprised a- anyway fair. I got a hey guess what so I've been saying to, we've been giving Joe heaps all night all morning right about the this, the terrible taste in music although I've got to give you that one I don't mind that one if you'd seen Karen dance you would have gone oh, really is that how you dance in public fantastic it's <laughs> Joe's birthday today oh happy birthday Joe should we sing happy it? birthday hey, brother hey, hey have you got your guitar handy is I it, don't you actually. don't can you no. sing Oh, I can. Uh, I okay, yeah, we've uh, got enough. to sing him happy birthday, mate. Okay, Come on, ready? Three, two, one. Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Joe. 
birthday to you. Hip hip. Hooray. Hip hip. Hooray. Hip hip. Hooray. How old are you? How old are you, youngster? I'm 23. Oh, for goodness sake. 23. Uh, oh. Smithy he's, just, my, he's MJ. He's MJ. Smithy number. just rolled his eyes and went, oh, we're both old enough to be our son. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Potentially grandson. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, that's unfair. Don't be unfair. Well, that, that's unfair well, on Smithy, right? Okay, I was just doing so, the maths. <laughs> so now, uh, so it's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Um, talk to me about what happens at a 23-year-old in an Omicron outbreak. Yeah, not not much, not much at all. I'm, so I've, I've I've moved from my parents' place because my all my flatmates have COVID. Oh, so I've I've tested you, negative you, like tested a, neg- a million negative? times. Like you've had it. Yeah, yeah. yeah the the uh, isolation period's pretty much over and stuff, and I'm, I'm all good. But I'm, I've gone to my parents, and so I'll probably spend it um, in in a bedroom alone. Um, uh, <laughs> they're they're going to get some KFC for me. <laughs> Mom says she's going to leave some KFC at the door. Another quote of the day. How are you spending your birthday? I'm spending it in my bedroom alone. <laughs> um, did Mum and Dad oh. ring you this morning? Uh, no, they, they texted me. Mum said, happy birthday, and uh, I'll leave some KFC at your door for lunch oh, and dinner. So, but well, that's it. What about a cake? Is Mum going to make you a cake? I, I think Mum is going to make me a cake. She's kind of played it down. She's kind of like, oh, it's COVID, you know, let's not celebrate your birthday. It doesn't mean anything. But I think deep oh, down. You, mothers yeah. don't think like no, that. No, no, no. But yeah, like, that's her sense of humour. She teases me, you know? 23. So what does a 23-year-old want for their birthday, man? Oh, I want some um, speakers for um, a v- my vinyl player. I got, a, I got a vinyl player for Christmas, actually, because um, I'm a cool kid. So I'm going to um, <laughs> hook the speakers up. Cause I'm, I, I got a mate that sells really expensive stuff, like oh. Tano and all that sort of stuff, and Yamaha and, and uh, out in Mount Eden in Auckland. It's, it's like a, this, it's the top of the line stuff. So if you want to send your parents that way, yeah. I'll, I'll hook you up. It's because, on mum. Because yeah. yeah, she'll probably have to drop about two grand a speaker. Oh, uh, okay. No, she doesn't, she doesn't love me that much. That's not happening. <laughs> she doesn't love me that much. Oh, mate. Well, happy birthday, oh, mate. Happy yeah. birthday. I think that's cool. Hey, I've just had a uh, text in, uh, Ricardo, from Fizzer. Uh, Fizzer has said, um, thoughts on the halves combo? SJ and Cody looks like is not going to be starting round one. Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm not so sure about I don't like that idea. I, I, I cannot see Cody Nikarima being the, the perfect foil for Johnson because we know Johnson's going to, you know, not be what we expect him to be. He's going to be more controlled half. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I've, uh, quite a few people were talking about the uh, Māori All-Stars game and how impressed they were oh, with Cody yeah, Nakarima in that on, game. Mate. But... Don't start that one with me. One-off games, mate. He, yeah. he, he does it for the Kiwis as well. But this is a you know a big competition, lots of rounds, and I'm just not convinced. So t- convince me. Well, no, I'm not convinced either. I would oh, be Ash okay. Taylor. I'd be Ash Taylor all day. What, what I was going to say is that um, but a lot of people were talking about that that game, that All Stars game. But to me, he didn't really create much in that in in, in that final third at all. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was more to do with uh, Harris Tavita chiming in, and I think uh, they had some some really good impact from people like Jordan Rapana and things running running wide. But in terms of actually, you know, putting people in holes, I didn't see too much of that. No. Um, so I, I I'm with you. I think Ash Taylor has to be the man that partners Sean Johnson uh, if everyone's fit. 
Okay, so we'll just we'll just end that conversation there. So Fizzer, no, we're not happy about that. But I know Fizzer's a he is a big SNZ fan. He's a good bloke too. Uh, Craig from the Bay of Plenty is just asking a question about race control. The podcast here, yeah, we had a few issues with that. Working on that one, and Richie says that Courtney Duncan's pretty special. Fingers crossed, she wins the world title again this year. And if she does it, she'll equal Fontanese, uh, a former four-time consecutive world champion in a row. She's a she's a she's an amazing woman. You know, people don't realise how much work goes behind the scenes. And with a new two-year contract, we're certainly hoping Courtney Duncan can do the job. Oh, and by the way, this weekend uh, or Monday, Scott McLaughlin, Scott Dixon, uh, IndyCar's back up. Ricardo, just while we while we talk a little bit of quickly motorsport, uh, IndyCar season starts at St Petersburg around the streets. So that's something to look forward to, right? Yeah, definitely. No, not the Russian St. Petersburg either. <laughs> oh, wow. Is it? No, it's that not. That is such a good pickup. That is such a good pickup. Just hey, to we, be clear. We better move on. We've got Tom Abercrombie lined up. It's 8.39. This is SCNZ Breakfast. 8.44 with McIver and Ball almost done. I've just been seeing Smithy's getting ready. His, his phone looks like the size of an iPad, Ricardo. You should see it. It's, it's enormous. <laughs> hey, but before we go to Tom Abercrombie, uh, we, uh, today we were just remembering the late Vainga Tuigamala who passed away uh, overnight at the age, well, before, yesterday at the age 52. We spoke to Ian Jones and Sir John Kerwin, both teammates, and this was their lasting memory of him. We, we can talk about his devastating ball-running ability but uh, and the amazing things he's done out in the rugby field. But I think, ultimately, uh, it's that amazing, amazing smile that I, when I heard the news this morning, that's what sprung to my mind. Carmo said the smile was his lasting memory. Is it the same for you, or is there something else? Right, in, so, into... Same for me. When you said that, I smiled, you know, on such a sad day, and I'm incredibly upset. That was uh, Sir John Kerwin and Ian Jones remembering the late Fainga Tuigamala who passed at the age of 52 yesterday. We can confirm from his son Jordan that he passed peacefully. Now it's time to get uh, some thoughts on that actually from Tom Abercrombie with Courts King's Design Build and Install Basketball Heaven. Uh, Tom, you would have heard the news and we've just replayed you those two pieces. Uh, Inga Tuigamala, any thoughts on that? Yeah, morning fellas. Obviously, you know, very sad. It's early over in Australia. I just woke up and checked the news this morning and saw that. He's obviously a um, you know, legend in New Zealand. Uh, uh, I guess you know, guys from my era sort of growing up, we watched him play and being a winger will be a, um, a name that's synonymous in, in rugby circles forever. Um, so a you know, very sad day and thoughts out to his family. Yeah, Tom, uh, absolute beast on the field, wasn't he? I mean, uh, drop that shoulder and go knock anybody over. I mean, he, I guess we're putting it in, in basketball parlance. He was the he was the Piero Cameron. <laughs> yeah, he was the Piero Cameron, or maybe the modern day Zion Williamson, um, a guy of <laughs> yeah. just incredible size and just moved so much faster and was so light on his feet for a guy that was so you know, big and heavy. Um, which I guess you're right is the, the hallmark of a guy like Piero or Zion these days. So, um, you know, absolutely amazing player and his ability to, to move um, and play, you know, play a winger uh, with that kind of frame was, was incredible and, you know, ahead of his time. Well, you're no shrinking violet yourself. Uh, when are we going to get to see you out on court again? <laughs> I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer, mate. It's, um, it's been, a, been a tough trot back for me. I've had... Um, couple of setbacks with some infections in the in the surgery 
site, um, which I had to get under control. Um, but you know, I'm all, all over that now, and been working hard on the rehab the last couple of weeks, and doing a lot more running and some dynamic stuff and things, some adding little pieces. I'm hopeful I'll be able to start training with the guys next week and um, be out there really soon. Uh, now, Tom, uh, we the, the game keeps growing here in New Zealand. I mean, I know you guys are based in Australia, but we had the news come out yesterday uh, that the Bay of Plenty Stingrays out of Tauranga and the, a team yet to be named out of Queenstown are going to join the New Zealand NBL, taking it to, I think, 14 teams. Uh, how stoked are you to hear that news? That is, um, it's great news, isn't it? Like, I've always, I've always wanted and hoped that um, sort of basketball get into the Queenstown area and for them to have a, um, a New Zealand NBL team is going to be fantastic for the league. It's going to mean, you know, the whole country effectively is almost, you know, covered now uh, when it comes to that that level of basketball and you know, kids in the area is having a pathway to to work towards, uh, to aspire to. I've got no idea what the Queenstown team's going to be called, but um, what do you reckon they should be called? What do you reckon they should be called? I don't know. I mean, well, to, to, just to give you an option here, like Tom. I was yeah, going to say we did, we did a bit of a poll yesterday. We've got the the Q City Lakers, the Queenstown Millionaires, or the Rapids, or the Remarkables. I mean, any of those grabbing you? Uh, the Millionaires is a good one. Um, <laughs> I thought I don't know the, the yeah the the Lakers the. Uh, the Yetis, or the, I mean, the Mountaineers has already taken. The Yetis? I kind of like the Yetis. The, Yet- yeah, the, Yetis. the Yetis. I like it. The people would love it. Great mascot. <laughs> <laughs> when have you seen a Yeti out the back in Queenstown? That's the thing, mate. They're there, you just don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of Yetis, uh, let's talk about your team at the moment. I mean, it's, you, I, I, I feel like you're in a hole, and it's 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 getting hard to get out of. How do you turn this out? How do you turn it around, buddy? Yeah, look, it's um, it's difficult. We've obviously you know, really struggled for consistencies, but um, you know, been the main one for us recently. We, we have played some some good basketball at times, but um, we seem to back up a good performance with a with an egg at the moment, and it's about. And consistently bringing that effort and intensity night in, night out. And um, you know, it's difficult when you're on the road trying to do that. And um, we've got some, some young guys in the team still learning the, the trials and tribulations of professional basketball. But, um, you know, we, we try and do all the right things and, and talk about um, you know, what's going on and try and you know, put some plans into action. But uh, obviously it's easier said than done sometimes. And um, you know, hopefully... I can get back back out there soon and, and help the guys try and um, be a bit, bit more of a consistent team and bring that effort defensively night in, night out. Yeah, well, we'd love to see you back out there, mate. Uh, of course, we've we've just had the NBA All-Star break and I, I saw Stephen A. Smith absolutely roasting the slam dunk competition, reckoned it was the worst he'd ever seen in history. Uh, I know you've, you've you spent a bit of time at the Suns. I mean, uh, did you watch it? And uh, you reckon you might have been able to take that out uh, based on, on what won it this year? <laughs> Man, I didn't even watch the, the All-Star weekend. Honestly, I'm with, I'm with Stephen... Stephen A here, like it's uh, things like the slam dunk comp. Uh, there's not there's, there's not that many dunks left to do anymore. Everyone's done it. Um, the guys have jumped over cars, have jumped from the free throw line, have put it every which way around their body. There's nothing left to do. So um, it takes a pretty creative individual to come up with something to surprise people in the dunk comp these days. So I think that's grown a little stale 
the all-star game itself is just a, a shootout at the end of the day. No one's playing any defense. Um, so I watch a bit of the highlights, but that's about it, to be honest. And it's, it's, it's a cool thing for those guys. Obviously, being an all-star is a huge accolade in the NBA. Um, but the game itself, uh, yeah, something needs to change. Okay, final thoughts from you. We're going to test your knowledge here. Just an opinion, really. Of these four wingers, who would you pick as the best all-black winger? This was our choices flooring poll, Okay. Would it be Doug right. Howlett, if you can remember? Doug Howlett, mm-hmm. Julian Sevilla, Vainga Tuigamala, or Jonah Lomu? Who would be your winger of choice? I remember them all. Um, I, I, honestly, I don't think you can go past Jonah. Um, he'd be my winger of choice, and probably followed by Dougie Howlett, to be honest. He was a, he was a legend at the time when I was really into my rugby, so... Um, I mean, those are all, all fantastic players, but uh, I'll give the nod to those two. Good choice, mate, because 87% of our voters chose Jonah Lomu. How about that? There you go. Not Tom- surprised. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you, you chose him, Tom. Hey, mate, always good to talk to you. Look after yourself. Get back on that call, please. Thanks, mate. Try my best. All right, there you go, Tom Abercrombie out of Australia for the uh, Breakers. Don't forget to take your love of the game to the next level at home, school or community courts, courtkings.co.nz. We're going to talk to our little king shortly. Smithy is waiting with his phone the size of an, an a blimmin' iPad, and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what he's got coming up shortly. Stick with us here on SNZ.